Let me lift up prayer, and then I'll introduce Hannah, and we'll uh, give him the time. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you, Lord, that uh, we can be here today and worship in this great place, in this great country, and we praise your name. And Lord, it is our prayer today that you speak to us through Hannah, through Kit, through the other experiences we will go through today, so that our eyes are open to be able to see the world even as Jesus Christ sees the world. Lord, we thank you for the men and women you've called to go forth and equip them and place them in strategic places where they serve you. We particularly thank you for Hannah today. Thank you for Suhad, who's with him, and Joyce and Jolene. And we're so delighted that they could uh, come to be with us today, that they've endured the long travel from Jordan. And uh, we pray for, their, uh, for your strength to them as they go home on Wednesday. Lord, we pray that the borders would be open and that Joyce would be able to uh, go back to Gaza as well. Father, this is one of your special servants, and it's a privilege for us to be with him today. And we pray that you'd open our ears. Help us to, to grow as followers of Jesus Christ. Help us to set aside some of the biases or prejudices or even beliefs that we have that we hold incorrectly. And help us to be able to hear truth through your servant. We pray, Lord, for peace in the Middle East. We pray for peace in our world. Uh, Father, it's impossible for most of us sitting here today to have any sense of what so many of your dear children are going through. And we lift up this prayer of concern to stand with them. Thank you that we can be a part of Hannah's ministry. We pray for the Baptist Church and the Christians even today as they gather in Gaza. And uh, God, even when it seems there's no way for peace, we pray for peace. And we ask that you might work through the hearts of our leaders and the leaders of this world to to bring about dramatic change where uh, your will could be done and where there could be peace on earth. Uh, This is our prayer, Lord, and again we rejoice in today. In Jesus' name, amen. I first uh, met Dr. Hannah Massad in either 2000 or 2001. I'm not sure which year it was, but uh, you were at the World Mission Conference of our American Baptist Churches in Green Lake, Wisconsin, and I heard him speak. We had a group of people from our church there at that time. I think some of them were shocked when they met you and uh, had a lot of stretching to do to hear uh, a different perspective. But uh, from that time forth, we've had some contact, and then I was delighted to uh, realize you had been a part of this church when you were studying at Fuller Seminary and had contact here, and so many of the folks here at First Baptist knew you, and I said that was just a serendipity for me to uh, to uh, realize that, and then we've had lunch together since, and so it's a delight to have you here today, Hannah, and uh, come on up and share with us. Oh, great, thank you. Well, uh, good morning, and uh, thank you very much for the opportunity to be with you this morning. Um, usually I like uh, to tease by my name You know, uh, Hannah is the Arabic name for John But uh, Hannah here in the state It's a female name, right? So I remember when I lived here in Pasadena area I get these letters all the time Say Miss Hannah and Mrs. Hannah And uh, later uh, while I was studying I uh, pastored First Baptist of Azusa For three years So once I got this invitation and they said, we know the pain you're going through as a wife of a pastor. And this conference made especially for you. So, But uh, I didn't go. Um, well, this is the beauty of the body of Christ. How the Lord Jesus purchased us by his blood from every tribe and nation and tongue. And made us people uh, to live for him. And um, it's a privilege um, and the blessing to belong to a bigger family. Um, usually in Gaza, because of the difficult situation, and the Christian very small, we feel isolated and lonely, but to realize you belong to the body of Christ, this is really a great blessing for us. Um, usually people said, why are you staying in Gaza? And basically and simply for two reasons. First, I feel God called me to be in Gaza. And second, I encouraged and motivated also by my brothers and sisters who really care and who pray and who also stand with us. I get to know the Lord in personal way uh, back uh, when I was 16 uh, years old. This is about five years ago. And uh, my aunt, who's born again Christian, invited me to go to the Baptist uh, church over there in Gaza, uh, even though my parents belonged to the Greek Orthodox. But when I went there, it was seemed the first time, simply and clearly, I heard the message of the gospel. 
and uh, my heart wide open, so hungry to the truth. So when I heard the message, immediately in that meeting, I started to experience God's love and God's joy and peace in my heart, started to grow up in that church. And um, in 1987, I had the privilege to be called by the same church to be the first local pastor they have, because usually we have pastors coming from Egypt or Lebanon. So it was a blessing, and I did that from 87 to 91, went to Bethlehem Bible College in the weekend, I came down to Gaza to preach. And the Lord opened door for me in 91 to come here uh, to Fuller Seminary, and um, and after I finished um, 99 or 2000, um, I really felt uh, to go back and to minister to my people over there. Um, if we could uh, have a picture of the Gaza just to give you um, a little, you know, the location uh, about the Gaza Strip. Um, Gaza, it's very um, small um, area. It's about uh, 30 miles long, 7 miles wide, uh, about 1.5 million people living in it. We have three churches, a Greek Orthodox Catholic Church, and also uh, one evangelical uh, church uh, in the Gaza uh, Strip. Um, the border right now in Gaza, which is the only exit and entrance for 1.5 million people, it's been closed for two and a half months, and it's just been opened occasionally. And um, really it's... Uh, Difficult when you don't have the freedom to move. So, okay, let me just uh, review with you a little bit about the history of that area, and then we can see the picture when it's ready. Um, you know, if we go back to 1800, late 1800, early 1900, most of the people who lived in Palestine and Israel now, uh, it's uh, Arab, uh, Muslims, Christians, Druze, all of them speak Arabic. And the Jewish people at that time, even according to the Jewish statistics, about 5%, maximum 10%. And the Jewish people start to come back uh, uh, early 1900. And we know the First World War in 1914, whereas you have the British and the Turks in one hand, um, you have the British and the French in one hand, and you have the Turks on the other hand. And uh, the French and the British uh, told the Arab countries and the Jewish people, if you help us in this war against the Turks, and if we won the war, we give you independent. And uh, we know they won the war, and, um, and also they promised the Palestinians at that time to give them independent. And we know um, these promises fulfilled for all the Arab countries, and including Israel, but until... Today, uh, this promise is not fulfilled for the Palestinian people. And uh, we know 1917, the Balfour Declaration for a State of Israel. Um, but in the 20s and in the 30s, there is a lot of fighting back and forth because more Jews start to come back to uh, Palestine, to Israel. And there is a lot of fighting back and forth. And um, we know 1944 were the Second World War. And uh, the horrible of Holocaust and what happened to the Jewish people. And a lot of Jewish people start um, more and more to come back. And I should say the local people at that time, the Palestinians, not really against uh, Jewish people fleeing the Holocaust and coming uh, to find refuge in Palestine. But there's more against the, the Zionists who came with a previous plan to take more land. So the local felt threatened and there was more fighting back and forth. So... In 1947, they, uh, the British, they're not able to solve the problem between the Israel, the Jewish people, and the Palestinians, so they gave it to the United Nations. And in 1948, the United Nations decided to give 48% of the land to the Palestinians and 52% of the land to the Israelis. The Israelis accepted. The Palestinians said, well, our population is bigger. How come you give us this land? So they refused the plan. And uh, we know in 48 that in May 14, the State of Israel started. But how many of us know the same year when the State of Israel started, more than 700,000 Palestinians became refugees? 55,000 of those were Christian. My mother's side left Jaffa, came down to Gaza. My father's side family lost a lot of 
land at that year, even though we have official documents at our home to approve that, we, but we're not able to do anything. So many Palestinians lost their homes and lost their land at that time. And this is really the root of the problem. And if we really need to solve the conflict, we have really to deal with that. And um, 48, literally the Palestinian people become refugees in many different countries around the world. So if you come to Gaza, if you go to the West Bank, if you go to Jordan, if you go to Syria, if you go to Lebanon, you will find these refugee camps. So for example, in Gaza Strip, most of the people live in refugee camps. The Gaza city may be about 400,000 people and the rest of the 1.5 million, they're living in the refugee camps. So now, in Gaza, there is under se- severe siege. i never been in a prison, but I live in one. This is how Gaza is. Um, we have a siege from the sky, from the sea, and from the land. For example, the fishermen, because, you know, Gaza located in the Mediterranean Sea, so uh, fishermen not able to go to fish. In the good days, they able to go just 10 kilo far in the water. But in the bad, when the tension is really high, not allow even to get into the water. And um, we don't have airport, uh, no sky to use, and also um, the only entrance and exit has been, as I mentioned, closed for two and a half months. For example, when my uh, our daughter Jolene came, I wasn't able to see her uh, because my wife was in Jordan with her family. And uh, after two weeks when I saw her for the first time and simply because the border was closed. Um, people sometimes have to wait weeks on the border just to cross. And a lot of elderly people who need medical treatment want to go to Jordan or Egypt uh, sometimes have to sleep really weeks uh, on the floor, on the ground, just to wait uh, for the border to be uh, open. Uh, so there's a lot of humiliation and a lot of difficulties uh, for men, women, and children um, and don't have this freedom um, we have in this great country. Um, many of you know that me and my wife separated, forces separated for 10 months because Israel refused to give her visa um, to come to Gaza. Um, and so we have to go to the Supreme Court in Israel to bring her back. So, And uh, we thank God we are together today, but it's not guarantee when we go back that she able to go back. And we need your prayers that we able to get the permission that she, that all of us as a family be able uh, to go back. So this is the sad things about the Palestinian families, where is the separation, the father in one side, the mother and the children in the other side. And there's a lot of people been separated um, by this way. Let me uh, share with you a little bit about the challenges we face. And this is really um, the privilege for me to share with you as brother in Christ that we... Um, very much need one another to pray, uh, to encourage, to stand with one another. And this is a privilege and responsibility of all of us who belong to the body of Christ and to the family of God. So one of the things um, I remember a year ago in July, uh, somebody uh, called me and said, you got to call this number. So I remember when I called that number, I surprised the person on the other side was a top Hamas leader. And uh, to make the story short, he said we need to talk and ask us to come to his home. I took a couple of young men from our church. And basically he told us there is a very militant group who separated from us, from Hamas, and who are in the process of planning to put 40 kilo of dynamite in the church building, the new church building, and also in the Bible society. And as you imagine, the news was very scary. We did everything we could, humanly speaking, inform the police, have a guard at night in the church building and in the Bible society. And we thank God how he used different kind of people to help and to stand with his church. But February this year, this year really been the most difficult year for us as evangelical in the Gaza Strip because we have the fire of the occupation and also we have the fire of uh, the militants and also the fire of the nominal Christian who is not very happy about what we are doing. So February uh, this year, somebody, uh, see militant group, they put... Um, 
um, explosive material at the Bible Society in Gaza, and which is exploded. And also, what made things more difficult, they circulate uh, letters of threat uh, that they call us uh, blasphemous uh, crusaders. Um, we don't want you to be here. And also, what's make it more difficult, they called. We don't know. Uh, exactly, um, be, you know, these people in person, but they called some of the local workers in Gaza and the Bible Society, and they asked them not to go, otherwise their life will be in danger. Uh, so we really went through a difficult time. And I let me just share with you uh, quickly, you know, how to deal um, and how God helped us to deal with this kind of a storm in our life. You know, I'm sure every one of us here this morning went through tough times in his life. I mean, Jesus never promised us it will be easy, but there is a road um, of Delarosa sometimes we have to go through. But sometimes God, by his grace and mercy, just didn't allow us to go to the storm. But other times he permits certain things that we go through. And I remember, you know, um, Matthew 14, when the disciples in the midst of the Sea of Galilee, they are tormented um, by the waves and by the storms. And Jesus lived them for about nine hours, at least. And, uh, you know, he knew what they're going through, but in spite of all of that, he allowed them. And sometimes we wonder, Lord, why you allow me to go through all of that? And sometimes we want God to come and to come now. And we want to come in the way we want to. But, you know, Jesus sometimes allow you and me to go through difficulties and through uh, trials. But when Jesus came, in the beginning the disciple didn't recognize who he is. And uh, one of the things of the Lord, the Lord taught us how to really uh, trust Him even in this difficult time. Uh, don't depend much on your feeling, on your emotions, but depend on His word. He said to the disciples, "Fear not, it's I." And this is where I encourage us that we're not alone in this world. We're not alone. In this journey, we're not alone. In the journey of faith, we're not alone. And this is why I'm in Gaza. This is why you're doing what you're doing, walking with the Lord, because you know He called you. You know He has a purpose in your life. You're here not by chance. And this is really encourage us that the Lord God Almighty, the Creator of heaven and the earth, He's our Father, and He promised He's walking alongside of us. I remember when I felt God calling me to the minister, I said, Lord, I will go. Just in one condition, if you promise that you will go with me. And I know he promised us, you know, that he will be with us, but I just want something personal in my call and in my, in his, you know, in his call in my life. So the Lord said, I never leave you or forsake you. And this is really love one which encourages us, not just, just this morning, but in every day in our walk with the Lord, that he's our shelter, he's the uh, uh, the protector, the one who protects us. And also, when we went through this difficult time, the Lord taught us, um, He taught us uh, not just uh, to depend on His promises, uh, but also not just to start well, but to finish well in our walk with Him. And it reminds me of Peter. In the beginning, he was have a lot of passion and enthusiastic that he walking on the water. But, you know, as soon when he took his eyes from the Lord, he start to sink. And uh, many of us start well, but the Lord wants us also to finish well in our walk with him. Um, one of the main things really helped us to overcome this kind of fear um, in February I remember we have the team in, God, in, in our home, and we have every single uh, brother and sister uh, sitting in a chair, and the other brothers and sisters around him and her. And we start really crying, weeping in the front of the Lord, because there's kind of a spirit of fear coming all over us, and saying, Lord, we're not going to leave this place until we experience your peace and your uh, presence. You know, at that time also we start to question what we really believe in. 
and how how far we willing to follow the Lord. Um, if we willing to take the road of um, the cross and to follow Him uh, all the way, if we are willing to pay the price. And unless we become honest with ourselves and honest before the Lord and say, Lord, I'm willing to obey. And if something happened, Lord, I know you will um, take care of our wives, you will take care of our children. And this is the kind of a trust um, that the Lord help us in that difficult time. Also, the Lord taught us um, not to worry. I know sometimes it's very easy to say that. But he taught us not to worry about the small things and not to worry about the big things. Simply because the small things you're able to change. So why you worry about it to start with? If you're able to change it by his grace. And for the big things, if you worry, you're not going to change it. So why you worry? So cast your burden, cast your worries on the Lord. And he will take care of it and be glorified in all of that. Also we find found in the Lord that all our needs will be met. You know when he said to Moses, who, Moses said to the Lord, who are you? So I tell Pharaoh and tell um, uh, my people. And the Lord said, I am who I am. Which means all your needs will be met through me. And uh, we see... Uh, David in Psalm 23, even though he's the king, has the power and the authority and the money and the influence. But when it's come to the Lord and he said, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not be in want. Which means that all my needs will be met through the Lord. Physical, emotional, spiritual. We start to feel more aware of his presence and his power. And this is really what helped us to keep going forward and to do what he called us uh, to do. Um, one of the difficulties we face sometimes, who we are, what is our identity as Christian Palestinians? Are we Palestinian first? Are we Arab? Uh, are we Christian? And, uh, you know, the Lord uh, taught us many different things. I'm Christian before anything else, but I cannot deny I'm a Palestinian. Uh, I'm Arab, but our priority first is to love him and to serve him and to reflect his Love in every um, day. Uh, let me share with you about what God is doing in Gaza in spite of all these difficulties and these challenges. Um, as I mentioned, the Christian in Palestine, about in Gaza, about 2,000 and 2,500, and in the West Bank and in Israel, all the Christian about 2%. Uh, but the evangelical in Gaza are minority of minority. When I say 2,000, 2,500, this is include, um, you know, everybody. Uh, so we really need one another. And uh, so this is why we try to work as a team. We have the Bible Society. We have the church, Gaza Baptist. We have a Christian mission to Gaza, which I'm uh, part of that mission. We have Campus Crusade. We have Assemblies of God. And we try... Uh, so the name or title really is not very important for us because, um, you know, Christ is the main thing and we really need one another as brothers and sisters to work together. For example, in the church I'm pastoring, uh, we have... Um, the children ministry, uh, God trusted um, to us about a hundred children, including teenager, where we have Awana Club, where they come once a week for two hours for different activities and Bible uh, studies and uh, memorized verses. And also we have Sunday morning, Sunday evening, uh, Monday we have Sunday school, Tuesday women meeting, Wednesday we have... Um, extension of Bethlehem Bible College, even though I'm on the faculty of Bethlehem Bible College, uh, but in the last five years I wasn't able to go to West Bank to teach even one course. And the students in Gaza, they're not able to um, to go to Bethlehem to study, so we have this small extension in Gaza where we teach different courses through the year. We have about, about 15, 20 students. And uh, Thursday we have a youth meeting, JV for Awana, and uh, Saturday we have university students. So also we have a few um, uh, different groups outside of the walls of the church. 
um, what do you do as a church when the unemployment in your city it's about 70%? You know, it's about 40, but 160 people not able to get their salaries. Um, so the unemployment about 60%. So what do you do? God really helped us in um, the last five, six years through the friends of the church that be able to help 500 families each month with food. Um, sometimes 300, sometimes 100. So it depends how, um, how much our resources is. But, you know, for you as a Christian to go to the refugee camps and take this package of food worth about $50, have a basic need, what the family need for food, and it's good you know, be enough for two weeks or so. And uh, you go in Jesus' name and knock on their doors and just express God's love to them. So it's been a blessing and a privilege for us, even as you know how um, uh, some Muslims look to us as a Christian, but uh, for you and me not to turn our back on them, even in this difficult time, I'm sure they will not forget that. And it was a wonderful tool to express God's love to them. Many times we um, try to spend time with them, um, ask about their needs, ask them if we could pray for them, and many allow us to do that, to pray for them even in their homes. God helped us the last year to start a school, Christian school in Gaza. We have about 80 students now. 95% of the students are Muslims. And uh, most of them are from the most uh, uh, difficult and poorest area in Gaza. And uh, we have a chapel once a week. And also most of the teachers are believers. So that they will be a blessing and a good testimony and witness for the children. Um, so we partner together in Gaza, as I mentioned, as a one team, be able to do that. One of the difficulties we have, we're still not able to get registration for the school. Um, the Palestinian Authority didn't ask us to close the school, but they didn't give the license yet. We try, it's been a year and a half, and we hope uh, that be able to get that soon. Another thing which is helping us... Um, to get, uh, to get outside of the walls of the church, uh, to do leadership training. Um, what we do, we're using Jan Maxwell material, if you're familiar with it. And uh, me and my wife, we translated a good part of it to Arabic. And we have two courses. Uh, one, it's about 40 hours. It's the 20 irrefutable laws of leadership. And um, the second course, it's about 20 hours, the 17 laws of a teamwork, how to start a team and how to build one. So really, God using that um, to open doors for us, to, to gain the trust of the community more, and to have also stronger presence, because this is one of the main things. As a minority, to have some influence, really, um, you have to have a stronger presence in that region. And in the end of the course, we're able to give them certificate from Bethlehem Bible College. We're able to offer a Bible for them in the end of the course and Christian books if they wanted. And usually all of them uh, take that. Um, the leadership training we do... Um, it's really opened doors for us. Another thing uh, we do in Gaza, which God really helped us, because as I mentioned, this year been is the most difficult year. But in this year and last year, for the first time, God helped us um, to have a building. Um, we have the only Christian public library in Gaza. It started in 68. So... Um, the old owner asked or forced us to leave uh, where we were renting. So we didn't really know where to go. And um, we prayed and we, at that time we have property which belonged to the church and we said we will start one floor. And um, what happened, um, God provided for us more than we asked for. So we, instead of one floor, we built two floors and where we have the library now, and it's open. And the third floor, um, we start to have a medical clinic, and um, we're getting mammograph machine, because in the whole Gaza Strip, there is maybe just two machines or three machines. And um, so this will be uh, 
wonderful ministry for the wider community. In the fourth floor, um, Campus Crusade local staff is using the fourth floor to do outreach, discipleship, uh, especially for people from different backgrounds in Gaza. And the fifth floor will have a place for people who's helping us in the library and in the clinic. Uh, like this is one of the needs to have English teachers who's willing to come and to teach English courses in, in that library. Um, so they have place to stay in the fifth floor like a guest house. In the last floor, the sixth floor, it's um, a worship hall. And um, November 12, which will be the International Day of Prayer for the Persecuted Church, uh, will be the day of dedication for the sixth floor building. And um, we talk about God's faithfulness and the way God provides. And uh, so November 12 will be day of celebration for us to celebrate his goodness and his faithfulness, even in the most difficult time we went through. And uh, we even uh, in the future looking for uh, the second stage uh, of the building next to it to have a sanctuary and underneath a multi-purposes hall, especially for the children ministry. So God is doing um, great things even in the most uh, difficult time or in the most difficult places. The good news, God, loved one, didn't leave himself without a witness. God has his children all over the world to expand his kingdom. And this is the blessing for us as the body of Christ um, to walk uh, together and he is walking alongside of every one of us. Um, you know, in spite of all these difficulties, we um, see hunger in the hearts of people. We see people coming to the Lord from different backgrounds and uh, putting their trust in Him. And it's wonderful, especially as a pastor, to see people come and give their life to the Lord. I remember um, in around February when we go through really tough times, I have an, um, an old friend, and he said to me one day, um, I'd like to talk to you, and uh, would you please come to our home? And I really didn't know what he wants. I thought maybe he wants to complain and because the difficulties we're going through. And so I said, okay, I will come. So I went, and uh, I didn't really know what he wanted to say. But uh, after a little bit, he started to share, and he said, well, me and my wife, we feel God is really working and dealing with us, working in our hearts. And... Um, We've been watching, you know, Christian uh, TV, and uh, and we really want to commit our life to the Lord. Do you mind if you bow and kneel with us? And we pray together. They open their hearts, receive the Lord in their life, and they're still walking uh, with the Lord. We see um, other families too who also put their trust on the Lord at these difficult days and also we see uh, people uh, from also Muslim background who put their trust on the Lord Jesus and we have some people, some young people who called and their focus is to to do discipleship for these uh, precious people you know one of the sad things also happened with us in uh, last May, you know this building I shared with you it's located exactly next door to the main police station in Gaza. And uh, so when the tension was high between the PA uh, policemen and the Hamas group, uh, the PA policemen uh, went to the sixth floor, to the roof of that building, because it's high, and they start to shoot back and forth. They shoot at the Hamas, and the Hamas shoot back. And uh, at that time, we have... Um, a group in that building, and when this happened, everybody come to the floor, and um, you know, a few minutes after that, the phone rang, and uh, the guard um, who work as a staff of the library went to answer the phone, and uh, unfortunately, you know, there was a stray bullet came from the window and hit him in the back, which was close to the spinal cord, and uh, 35 years old man and. Uh, five children. So he was in a critical condition, but now we thank God he's doing much better. So, you know, um, sometimes you leave home and you're not sure while you're driving which car will be hit by a missile, uh, Israeli missile. Is the car in front of you or the car behind you? And, um, you know, uh, there is times where we've been 
if we stayed like maybe five more minutes in that place, you know, God knows what will happen. But uh, we experience God the protection and God leading us in even in these difficult and um, dangerous uh, moments. But again, as I said in the beginning, what has really encouraged us and the blessing for us to know that God is calling you and that you stand on His promises and that you're not alone, but He's walking alongside um, of you. And um, with these different things, you know, uh, the public library, the Christian public library, the clinic, the Bible society, the church, uh, the school, um, uh, all of these things, we pray that God will use it uh, for for His glory and to expand uh, His kingdom. Uh, one of the things also we need your prayer in, as I mentioned, um, that um, it's not guarantee so had, you know, my wife uh, be able to uh, get back to Gaza. So we need your prayers that she able to get the permission and that the border will be open. And it's um, very difficult to imagine. Uh, and many people not talking about this, like 1.5 million people living like in a prison. And you have these gates, and when these gates are shut, you know, people are not able to leave. And uh, as you could imagine, there's a lot of difficult uh, there's a lot of different needs. Uh, medical treatment is very limited. People need to travel, people uh, to go to hospitals, and um, you know many people die early because of lack, lacking of medical treatment. Um, and uh, it's uh, difficult to imagine. Um, we living in this century, and they still have these things going on. And the probably Palestine consider. Uh, the only occupation territory still under the sun. And this is really the root of the problem because um, what we see in TV, what we see in CNN, it's the symptoms of the problem when people kill one another. Uh, but really the root of the problem is uh, occupation. Somebody tried to control your life. And it's like somebody keep pushing you on the corner. I mean, if you have a dog and keep pushing him on the corner, I mean, what do you expect him to do after a while? So so this is what I see really the real... Of course, Israel needs to protect itself, need its security, and nobody could deny that. But please, I mean, for, you know... He, at, at least a human uh, point of view. I mean, you didn't allow um, all these people have the freedom. Um, I mean, what is the point uh, to separate a wife from her husband? I mean, they knew I'm a pastor. I never have any um, a problem with um, Israel or with their security and all of that, and I still wasn't able um, to be uh, together uh, you know, with my family, and um, we need really also prayer for for that. I will stop here because, um, and if there is a few questions, um, we try to answer before uh, the service at 10:30. Um, anybody have a question? Please feel free to ask if there is any. Yes, please. Yes, occupation. Well, we experienced that separation before, but now, I mean, she's here with us, um, and the children. But when we go back on Wednesday, we're leaving. Um, it's not guarantee um, that she's able to get back, and um, she has to. We try to apply for a special permission, but even such permission, you're not allowed now to apply for. So the border where we're supposed to go back together, it's been closed for two and a half months. Occasionally have been opened, uh, sometimes for a few days and sometimes for a few hours. Well, because I'm, I have Palestinian ID and she has Jordanian passport. But even though we married, uh, she's still not able to. And as I said, uh, there's... Um, Many thousands of Palestinians who still separated husband and wives. Thank you. Yes, please. What kind of preaching? 
Oh, what language? I'm sorry. Um, we use the Arabic, Arabic language, the heavenly language. No, just kidding. <laughs> yeah, we use the Arabic. Yes, please. Right, yes. Yes. Well, one of the things you need to abide uh, to, if you open a school in Gaza, you have to teach the Palestinian curriculum. You have to do that. Otherwise, you not, not allow. So we have, uh, they, you know, they, uh, somebody have to teach, you know, Part of the curriculum is the Islamic religion. And uh, so you have to teach that. But in the same time, we have chabal, Christian, you know, um, uh, chabal um, songs and try to, you know, teach them stories from the Bible, Christian principles. And, um, uh, you know, for example, the Bible Society uh, have a good team, which they go to the refugee camps and uh, do uh, children ministry. What they do... Um, they have a story from the Bible, but instead of put the word Jesus, they put God. And in the Christian songs, instead of put Jesus, they put God. So by doing that, um, you have a positive influence uh, because a lot of, of course, good uh, principles coming from these stories you use from the Bible. Yes, please. Yeah, you know, especially, um, especially in the last, um, you know, last year before Israel withdrew, they divide Gaza sometimes to three parts. I mean, the whole Gaza is 30 miles long, seven miles wide. You imagine if you divide it to three parts. Uh, yeah, it was very difficult to go from one town to another. Sometimes people have to wait for hours or uh, days sometimes to go from one town to another. But after they withdrew uh, last year, um, you know, we don't have this problem. But the other problem we have, instead of they are now, instead of they used to be in the middle of the people, now they are on the borders. And they still control the whole um, border who can come in and who can leave. So this is why uh, we need to get permission for Suhad um, uh, from Israel. Um, yeah, some schools, uh, the different uprising, we, Gaza went through the first one and the second one sometimes that affect the education of the students. Um, and that, yeah, this is why you can notice that and even in their um, studies and and their knowledge. Um, but now we didn't really have much the school to be closed. Um, uh, just, you know, uh, r- rarely, but usually it's open now. Yeah, please, anybody? Yes. Yeah. Well, it's hard to know, but the tension is very high, and if really not able if they're not able really to solve it in a good way because the last few days you know people killed from both sides and attacking each other and now things is worse than when i left you know um so unfortunately there is escalation between the two but the end it's hard really to know and it seems the people in Gaza can divide it half here and half there, and even though many of them maybe could relate, relative, um, but it's still this kind of fight uh, back and forth. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, seven months people not able to get their salaries, and Hamas is still uh, continue want to have the chair, you know, and uh, to govern, even though. In spite of all the siege and the difficulties, yeah. Thank you. Yes, please. With who? 
or the settlers? Um, well, it's, uh, you know, I mean, thank God there is no settlers now in Gaza. They all, all left. But as I said, Israel is still in control of the whole Gaza Strip. The people in our church, um, most of them are from, uh, um, you know, like a Greek Orthodox background. This is my background, um, from Catholic background. Um, and we have a few, um, Muslims uh, come to listen and also we have maybe about 20-30 uh, Muslim believers in different areas in Gaza but um, they have their own meetings and they have some people who spend uh, time at least with, with some of them um, so you know there's no Jewish in Gaza so there's no kind of relationship and uh, I mean, one of the things in my heart, which I wish is as a as Palestinian believer to have a relationship with the Messianic Jews, and we did that in the past when it's possible, but now it's uh, very difficult and danger um, even to call, because sometimes we feel our phone calls are being uh, watched, and also uh, secret service sometimes they come to the Bible Society or to the church, so... Uh, the Palestinian secret services, you know, just to see what you're doing and, uh, Thank you. It's, um, you know, for example, when the, we have this explosion in the Bible Society, the letters they circulated, um, they use Quranic verses and very uh, militant language, but without a signature, you know, or stamp. So we didn't really know. So when we uh, shared with Hamas and Jihad, Islamic Jihad, and almost all the different parties um, in Gaza, if they are responsible or if they knew who did that, all of them deny that. So, you know, there is two options. One, it's this is this is a group is very small, militant group. This is one option. The other option could be God knows uh, the owner of the whole building, like want us out to use the building for other purposes. So this is the kind of two options. Um, but for me, how to reconcile who I am, um, really, uh, of course, you cannot, I, I, as a Christian evangelical, I didn't really feel able to be fully uh, Palestinian in the sense of using, you know, I mean, this is something personal, like using violence or, the, the, so I cannot take this road. I mean, for, for me personally, the road I'm taking, and God, you know, with God's help, is the road of the cross, where Jesus never took a life of a person but he gave his life. And this is the road um, I want to take. And uh, so I feel I'm Christian before anything else, but at the same time, what I can to do, able to do as a Christian, helping my people, you know, for food relief, medicine relief, just reflect God's love um, to them as much as we can by his grace. Um, will be something um, bring satisfaction and contentment uh, to my heart and to my life and um, and we thank God there is a group even it's a small and we just amazed how much God trusted in us um, in, difficult, in this difficult place to do as I said we minister to about 100-150 adults in our church and we have about 100 children including teenagers but the responsibilities God really been giving us, it's, uh, you know, it's amazing and we grateful uh, for this privilege. Thank you. Yes, please. Um, 
Well, this is a lot of time it bring uh, headaches to us and bring difficulties because um, uh, sometimes people in Palestine, the Muslim kind of connect us uh, with um, right-wing, you know, Christian Zionist, and so um, a lot of times take a lot of efforts from our side try to explain and try to uh, educate. so it's very difficult and it's very sad. I mean, for example, uh, once, you know, when I was in Gaza to hear a very, you know, Christian leader here who is well known and he kind of said uh, that Israel was withdrawing from Gaza, from these settlements. And it was kind of shock for me to hear that. I mean, like I want to say, please come and see, you know, I mean, what these settlers and these settlements doing in Gaza in the midst of the people provoke the people, you know, to shoot and it's not good for them and not good for the local, not good for the Jewish. I have a Jewish friend, the rabbi, and he said years ago when his wife came to Gaza and she, and she saw these settlements and she saw the fence around these settlements, she said, he said she started to cry. And he asked her, why you cry? She said, my people didn't change much in the time of Holocaust, you know, in Europe. The, the way they used to live and the way you, they used to put the Jewish people in this kind of, um, where's these fin- fences. And so it's not much different, um, for these settlements, uh, in Gaza. So, you know, I will say to, my brothers and sisters who are Christian Zionists, who's closer to you? Is it a Christian, Palestinian who believe the same or similar things that we belong to the same father or, you know, Jewish person who um, even many of them didn't even sometimes believe in God. Um, so it's very sad. I, I mean, I'm for that we love all people, including the Jewish people. And, uh, but in the same time, we really need to see the other side of the coin, you know, and, uh, and the scripture teaches us, you know, to do justice, uh, as much as we can. Thank you. Yes, please. Um, I'm sorry, I didn't, uh, understand. Yeah, 4852, yeah. Yeah, probably you're right. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, because I, as I understood history, this is was the main concern. We are bigger, our population, how come you give us less land? So, thank you.